0: today you're listening to European Buddha. So good morning everyone. In our last episode we spoke about various initiatives in that the Austrian Buddhist Union was a great example and today we want to take up the importance of education and speak about it in the field of teaching Buddhism in schools. So I am very happy that we have Dominique with us today. Dominique side, and she can tell us a little bit about how teaching Buddhism in school look like, about the EBU project Windows into Buddhism, and maybe also why so many Westerners today find relief and clarity in the Buddhist teachings. Good morning, Dominique.
1: Good morning. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Yes. So, Dominique, first of all, As I was reading your biography, you were a vice president of the European Buddhist Union. What is your feeling about the European Buddhist Union, first of all?
1: It's just a question that just popped up. It's changed enormously, you know. Um, I mean, I, I did very tentatively have connections with it, you know, 20, 30 years ago when it was very small. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when I was vice president, it was still quite small. Our, our annual budget was 6,000 euros, you know. <laughs> it uh-huh. was still very small. Um, and since I've left, um, since Ron has been the the president, it's changed enormously. And it's really effective now, especially within the European institutions. Uh, so I think there's a, a huge potential for the EBU because Buddhism does not have it's rightful place, you know, within our societies, I think. And the Buddhist voice definitely needs to be heard more than it is. So the EBU is a perfect platform for that.
0: There was a shift to have the EBU as an activity-based organization. And teaching is also a very strong activity based ideally on a practitioner's heart. So what has the Dharma given to you after all these years?
1: When I first met the Dharma, I'd been studying uh, philosophy and literature at university. I I was young, you know, I was in my 20s. And um, when I met the Buddhism, I found, basically, I discovered all the answers that I'd been looking for, and I hadn't found elsewhere. So my immediate reaction and response was that this made sense. Even to this day, for me, Buddhism helps make sense of life, of of myself and of other people and of life situations and of the world. That was my initial attraction, if you like, because I hadn't found anything else that really somehow fitted my, my way of thinking and made sense, not just, you know, in an airy fairy way, but very logically, you know, and with the possibility of really examining things in a rational way and understanding them in depth. So that's one of the main mm-hmm. reasons why I like Buddhism and why it's, uh, I, li- I like teaching it as well. However, of course, there's the practice side, there's the meditation as well. Mm-hmm. So um, it's so vast, you know, but, mm-hmm. um, and of course, the meditation brings understanding of oneself. And, and also, um, I think something like um, the ability to be with oneself, you know, to settle uh to settle to be content um in and uh, not restless or always looking for something to do and always looking for something else you know so it's it's really transformed me, i think it's really changed me, and over the years it's maintained that it hasn't it's it hasn't wilted you know it hasn't um not held up to its promise i I still feel exactly the same today as I did before
0: mm-hmm And how did the shift occur to you from practicing it to teaching it?
1: Well, I began by practicing uh, for about 20 years. And then one lama um, suggested that I should go back to university and study Buddhism in an academic way. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. Um, I went to Cambridge University, then SOAS in London, and then Bristol University, all in the UK, and I studied Buddhism. Uh, so that's all traditions, you know, not just Tibetan, in fact, not Tibetan Buddhism, because they don't normally teach that directly so much. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly Theravada and Mahayana. And by engaging with it in an academic way, then it that sort of naturally led to teaching it in schools, if you like, because the curriculums are very similar. Mm-hmm. Personally, I, I really enjoy the study. I find it stimulating. I couldn't just be with Buddhism without understanding things, you know, without being able to discuss and debate. I, it's for me that's part of it.
0: Yes, you just mentioned um, the academic background. So, um, studying Buddhism in the university was it also uh, taught in in the schools back in the day?
1: Yes, yes, it was. Yes, it started at the beginning of the nineties that in the UK. That they began introducing world faiths on the curriculum to give children general information about all the other religions which are practiced within the u k. by immigrants, you know, by mm-hmm. immigrant populations, mainly. they were introduced that way anyway, and of course, then they spread sometimes. Um, so it was general information so that that we have a basic understanding of each other between faith communities. Mm -hmm. That was the original idea. And so Buddhism is one of the six world religions, and it was included on the curriculum from that time.
0: This is, I find, a very interesting topic. When we think about Buddhism, uh, it appears to be, first of all, a religion, one of the world religions, but it's also at the same time a philosophical system somehow. And uh, it would be interesting to know. Yeah. In what kind of way, what kind of approach is there uh, to teach it in schools? Is it a religion or like a ethical system?
1: Each country is different.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so just within Europe, yeah. if we just speak within Europe at the moment, um, in the UK, Buddhism is mainly taught within the world faiths, religious studies area, as an example of one of the world faiths. So then it's but it's an academic study, right? Um, it's not teaching the practice of Buddhism. Mm-hmm. It's teaching the ideas and, mm. and, and the cultural expressions, you know, pilgrimage, you know, and, um, you know, funerals. You know, there are various cultural expressions which would then be compared to similar religions. So people can compare and and understand the differences and the similarities between different faith groups. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's within the UK. Only very rarely is it included within the philosophy curriculum in the UK, mainly because philosophy teachers have never considered Buddhism um, a philosophy. They thought of it as a religion, and so therefore they tend not to touch it. Mm -hmm. However, in other countries like Germany, uh, in certain regions of Germany, Buddhism is part of the curriculum but only within the ethics or philosophy curriculum, because they cannot teach religions in schools. So it is handled in different ways Mm -hmm. um, by different countries, depending on the legal system. Um, But the good thing is that Buddhism can actually be all of these things. You know, it can be a philosophy, it can be an ethical system, it can be a religion. And so... um, yeah, you do find it taught in in different ways.
0: Um, zooming in into the classroom, what is your experience about uh, teaching Buddhism, at least some big part of it, to uh, children or to young adults? How do they uh, listen to the wisdom, to some stories of the Buddha or the Dharma? How do they adopt it? Is it a foreign thing or is it strange?
1: um so i think you know certainly within the london situation we now live in a very multicultural society Mm -hmm. so within almost every single school class you have people from different cultural backgrounds and different religious backgrounds actually there's not just one reaction to buddhism at all you know different children will have quite different reactions some will feel that it's very unfamiliar very foreign very strange mm-hmm. and they won't really relate to it very easily at all and others will actually very quickly think that it makes a lot of sense and they and they like it
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: so i i think also one has to be very sensitive to the fact that some people in the class will really believe in god So when Buddhists, um, you know, deny the existence of God, we have to do that in a very sensitive way. Because for some people, you know, God is really important. You know, one can't assume or presume one has to offer the Buddhist viewpoint as one possible viewpoint that they can consider, you know, Mm -hmm. but without any, any pressure or any, any trying to, to convince them at all. And then, it's actually each person has their own connection. You know, mm-hmm. some people feel very closely connected quite quickly and easily, and others don't. And, and so that's, that's how it evolves, really.
0: What would you say about this uh, this question? I find it very, very good. Like, does a Buddhism believe in, in God? Or do you believe in God as a Buddhist practitioner? What is your answer when you encounter such a question?
1: Well, actually quite a lot, especially in the older classes after 16 years old, that um, philosophy of religion is part of the curriculum also. So the children do have the opportunity to reflect about God, about w- what God means, who who he is, what, what we really mean by God and the existence of God. So one can re- link it to that a little bit. So for me personally... No, I don't believe in the existence of a personal God in the way it was taught to me. I was uh, brought up as a Roman Catholic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, in the way it was taught to me when I was a child, I don't believe like there's an old man in the sky. That I don't believe. But I do believe that there is a universal principle of wisdom and and compassion or wisdom and love that pervades everywhere and that everyone can partake in and and develop in themselves to some extent, especially on a very simple level, it's just words that are the difference. Mm-hmm. You know it's not Buddhists don't believe in a person who is God, but they do believe in a principle you know, Mm. in cosmic principles, but they're impersonal and and universal principles. Mm. But they have very similar qualities to the qualities that are ascribed to God. So I always make sure to say that, you know, if you do believe in God and that really helps you in your life, then you should continue that way. You know, that the main thing is to find something that is meaningful for us and, who, and that helps us lead a good life, you know. Mm-hmm. And if for some people that is God, then so be it, you know. Buddhists have never tried to to say that everybody should become a Buddhist. In fact, the Dalai Lama says the opposite, you know. Mm-hmm. There are so many different religions because there are different types of people. Mm. And some people will feel helped and supported by one religion and some people Mm. will be more attracted to another. So to have a a much more spacious and and very tolerant attitude, I think, is the the best.
0: Yeah, I agree. Buddhism, I find, is uh, often very refined in its answers. So yes, there is a universal principle, but not necessarily it must be a person. So it's a Something in between. And this is maybe why uh, many Westerners also find uh, Buddhism uh, attractive. Uh, we have various also secular movements of mindfulness um, training, but still, as it applies for every religion these days, it uh, remains a challenge. How to translate the Buddha Dharma, the wisdom to today's time? with its ever changing circumstances and uh, you are also an e- editor and an author uh of various approaches towards that um i'm thinking about your book discovering buddhism uh, addressing it this this uh, key challenge of how to present the the wisdom in a accessible way is it something we need to really work hard on or is it evolving within these projects like teaching Buddhism in school and
1: I think it's challenging within the school system mainly because the education system um, that we're used to in the Western world is completely different from the Buddhist one that they're very different approaches so the Buddhist approach um, combines study, and practice through ref- personal reflection on what you're learning. Hmm. So, for example, if the Buddha says everything is is impermanent and changing all the time, that's an idea. Yeah, we can we can uh, look at examples in life. We can look at science, which might say things like that as well. You know, we we can e- explore it a little bit. The Buddhists will definitely ask you to reflect on on what your personal experience of that is in life and how you respond to it how you understand it and by by reflecting personally on some of these um theories if you like or, or intellectual principles they become um a very very different type of knowledge you know you you begin to develop a personal conviction and confidence that, you know, yes, things are changing. It's not just an idea out there. It's something that you actually experience as well. Mm. And so that's very difficult within the school situation because basically schools are just interested in tests and exams, you know, and and mm-hmm. they're not so interested in in your own personal understanding in life. Um so for me, that's the challenge is that the education system ne- needs to change, which, of course, is a, a mm. very big topic in itself. But but that's the advantage of Buddhism is that it, it turns information into personal knowledge, you know, and personal conviction. And I think that's very lacking these days. We have so much information mm. and we very often we don't know how to relate it to ourselves in a meaningful way.
0: Yeah, and it would be wonderful if this would start in the schools already to to learn that. And it's been a while since I was in school. It I think it changed a lot. Uh, yeah. Even in when I was thinking like uh, they have the board that was with the I would called Ch- the chalk. chalk. With chalk. chalk. Okay. They don't have it anymore, or at least they they <laughs> they have it electronically. But nevertheless, I can imagine that in these days, kids and children, young adults are confronted with so much information and how to deal with that and how Mm -hmm. to orient yourself. What do I want? Um, What do I experience? What is my reality? Yeah, it would be wonderful to address that in schools.
1: But within the English education system, there's quite um, a lot of encouragement for discussion and debate in the classroom, mm-hmm. especially for the younger teenagers. They really love discussions about especially ethical topics uh, where they compare different mm-hmm. approaches, you know, so death or abortion, you know, or, or contraception, you know, some of the big ethical um, euthanasia. Mm-hmm. Uh, marriage, you know, divorce. I mean, there are lots and lots of life issues, you know, which religions uh, deal with in different ways, and which they really uh, find very stimulating to discuss. Different different approaches and what works, what uh, you know. Um, so that does actually happen, and I think that's one of the reasons why World Religions is a very popular paper um, up to the age of fifteen or sixteen because of the, that um that atmosphere of debate and discussion and religions talk about very important issues you know all of the issues i've just mentioned really affect teenagers these days they have to make decisions on how you know how they're going to behave you know in relation to um sexuality and, and death and illness and so forth so religion can really help them think that through
0: yeah, yeah. You are part of an education project in the EBU called Windows into Buddhism. Can you tell us a little bit uh, about this project?
1: So, this project was born from the fact that even though Buddhism is on the curriculum in several different countries in Europe and outside of Europe too, unfortunately, there are not very many good resources available to help teachers teach it. Um, When I was teaching Buddhism for uh, 16, 17 and 18 year olds, um, we had a curriculum with uh, exams that the children had to do at the end. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And there was no textbook, for example. And so I wrote the textbook to go with the curriculum. So that's just an example, you know. So what it means is that, Many teachers just simply do not choose Buddhism as an option because it's too difficult for them. They, they haven't got the materials they need to be able to teach well and they don't have the time to go here, there and everywhere to find them. So um, what we wanted to do is gather together in one place all the resources that teachers need to be able to teach the, the subject in schools in different countries all the way through from the age of five, all the way to the age of 19. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've arranged it according to age groups, of course, and uh, according to topic. And there are many different media. There's videos, there's PDFs, there's audios, there's PowerPoints. Um, And so teachers can very simply and easily have everything together to teach a particular topic in class.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They have found it extremely useful, you know. Um it's still work in progress. Um on the 5th of May just in an, uh we we are launching the the 5 to 11 year old section. The other sections were launched last September 2022. And so then the, the you know the whole age range will be complete, but it's still a work in progress so we continue to add more materials all the time but i think yeah it's tailor-made for teaching children so it's simple and it provides you know the props that teachers need to make teaching interesting and relevant and uh, authentic as well you know mm-hmm. so it's reliable material that um i check to make sure that we don't put anything on there which is dodgy you know mm-hmm. <laughs> or not or not quite accurate you know yeah and you
0: already uh, met once, is that right? Um,
1: one of the features that we're offering on the website is webinars for school teachers, uh-huh. um, and our very first webinar will be on the eighth of June. Upcoming, um, okay. Upcoming, upcoming. Mm-hmm. That's the first one. Uh, we did a little survey. We have we have a mailing list asking teachers. You know how long they wanted the webinars, when they wanted them, and Mm -hmm. what topic they were interested in. Mm -hmm. And the very top topic was enlightenment. Ah, easy one. (laughs) Well, (laughs) exactly. So, um, so we're doing it on enlightenment. We're we're responding to that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, and so that that's an opportunity to to come together with teachers from many different schools to go over um, the actual subject knowledge and clarify questions, but also for teachers to be able to to share with each other the experience they have of teaching in the classroom. And I, they often really appreciate that because each teacher is just alone in their school, you know, mm-hmm. and to know what's happening in other schools is always really rewarding.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. We will put every information about that in the episode description. Thank you very much, Dominique, for your time and your sharing. And uh, is there anything you would like to address to the audience?
1: I guess just that I think Buddhism has a lot to offer in schools and in education generally because its ideas are so different from what we're used to. And so therefore it stimulates us, you know, it, it prompts us to think and question Mm. and to think deeper about some things which we may have taken for granted. And because Buddhism is so different, you can't take anything for granted anymore, and you have to think through it, you know, in a more deep way. So I, th- I think that it, it has a lot of potential to to wake us all up and, and get us to think intelligently about a lot of the things that we, we're just assuming all the time and not really, not really thinking through very well.